Thanks, Zach. Thank worship team. Thank you all for singing. I get to stand on the front row and I get to hear you singing over me. It's really a cool thing to know that you're worshiping. I ask you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Psalm, Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 is on page 617 in that pew Bible right there in front of you. And pray that you'll take time to turn there. We're going to stand here in just a minute and read verses 1 through 3. But Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. While you look to share with you, I have this game on my phone. Actually, I have a few games on my phone. I don't play them very often, but I play two or three games, one little few minutes a day. This particular game, and I'm not trying to get you to play it, but I'm just going to go ahead. This particular game that I've been playing lately is called Blockudoku. Now, it's about shapes trying to fit into squares and, and all of these kinds of things like that. And it gives me a daily challenge. And I just play every day the daily challenge. And then I don't play it anymore because, one, you guys don't want me playing on my phone all day. But at the same time, it gives my mind a chance to think and, and do something like that. And, and so I get that. But ever since I've been playing this game, and maybe you see this too, is every now and then it interrupts my game with these advertisements. You see, I'm not the guy that's going to go pay whatever amount of money to get extra lives or no advertisements or all this stuff. Some of you are shaking my head. You know what I'm talking about, how they try to interrupt the game. Well, there's this one game that they keep announcing over and over again, and it starts off with this, neurologists are begging people to play this game at least 10 minutes a day. And what they're trying to tell you is that if you will play this memory-type game, that it will sharpen your memory. And as we get older, we can use all the sharpening we can get. And so it tries to get you to do this. So I started thinking about memory. Do you know that unless a person is interested in a topic, most adults have an attention span of 20 minutes? Now, I have to build that in here because I preach for more than 20 minutes, and you go, I know. <laughs> but I try to change gears up because you've got to, there's a whole lot of science behind keeping people's attention having to change gears and do this and do that. And I don't want you to get into the science of putting communication together, but I need you to understand that statistics show that the average person, when they're interested, is 20 minutes. I pray that you're interested today in what God has for you. Um, researchers estimate that the adult attention span has decreased 12 minutes in the last 10 years which means the average adult, when interested, could be engaged for 32 minutes, but yet we've lost 12 minutes in the last decade. And many attribute that our fast-paced lives and our reliance on technology has taken its toll, and now we don't have to do and remember anything anymore because everything just reminds us all the time. Also read where short-term memory can hold up to seven thoughts at one time, but none of those thoughts in our short-term memory can last more than about 20 seconds, which is why when my wife comes home from a busy day, I can ask her how her day is, what she do today, and I can see marks on her hand. She's taking short-term memory and written it on the back of her hand or on the inside of her hand so that she remembers it. Now, 
don't think about her. It's like, that's crazy. How many of you write on your hands to help remember something? The other day, I walked into a restaurant. I was by myself. I knew what I was going to have when I walked in. She came to bring me the menu. I said, I don't need that. I'll take a Mountain Dew. I'll take a hamburger and fries. And she goes, so she writes my order on her hand. I had caught her so unaware that she was not ready to take the order because I just didn't need any time to think about it. Did you know that studies show that left-handed people have better memories? Well, I figured it out. I'm a left-handed person myself. And you guys say, well, you're so good at names and so good at faces. Well, I figured out why. I'm left-handed. If you're right-handed, you got no chance to remember nothing based on what I can see. The process of converting short-term memory into long-term memory is a term called consolidation. There's a process that our brain goes through in order to make something stick. Now, there is a great scientific explanation available, and if you want to go get a great scientific explanation of consolidation and converting short-term memory, you can go look that up. But here's an easy way, a simple way to think about it. The more you review and study and spend time on something, your brain begins to create pathways in your brain that become permanent. So it takes repeated effort to create long-term memory. Another way to think of it is a path in the woods. If you go walking a path in the woods every day, you walk the same path. Not only will you begin to know the familiarity of the path, the path will begin to know the familiarity of you, and you'll be able to see it. So we get that. That's the process of consolidation is taking short-term memory and making it into long-term memory. Long-term memory is where we want things to reside. I ask you to stand with me. We're going to read from Psalm chapter 1. I'm going to read three verses. Psalm chapter 1, I'm going to read the first three verses. Psalm chapter 1, picking up in verse 1, says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." Now, keep your scripture open, but have a seat where you are. If you were here last week for Easter, you know that we discussed on that resurrection morning that it was the very words of Jesus that caused people to remember and believe in his resurrection. God's word, we said, is the key to people coming to a faith relationship with Jesus. This is, this is an important thing for us, each of us, to remember. The Word of God is vital in our relationship with the Lord. Let me tell you how important I believe the next few minutes we're going to spend together are. If you recall during the welcome a few minutes ago, I said, children's church, you may now leave. And I remember I drew your attention to listening to all the feet and the laughter going out the door. Well, let me tell you what they did. 
They went out the door, they met their leaders, they marched up these stairs, and they're now sitting in the balcony right up there. Children's Church is in this room with us this morning. You're going, my kid is in this room, and I'm going, yes. Now, they're good, because you didn't know they were up there, did you? So if your kid is here, you just leave them alone. They're just fine. But I want you to know that this is a topic that we all need to hear together. This is almost like a family meeting. I didn't want anybody to miss this family meeting, so thank you for coming to this family meeting. You see, we're going to walk through this message together on purpose because today I'm talking to parents. Today I'm talking to kids. Thank you for waving at me. All right. Um, Today, I'm talking to students. Today, I'm talking to grandparents. I saw a grandparent wave at me. That's right. Today, I'm talking to married people. Today, I'm talking to single people. Today, I'm talking to male people and female people, to old people and young people, people present in this service or on the phone or online. What we're talking about for the next few minutes is not particularly directed at any particular group of people. It is absolutely directed at every people in this room. So let's start this time together. If you have your Bible with you, hold it up. Hold it high. Hold your Bible up. Now, if you want to borrow that pew Bible in front of you, that's okay. But hold it high. Some of you are holding up phones. I get it. I'm okay with you holding up phones. I am glad that you have your Bible with you. You can put that back down. You see, what you have in your hand, your Bible, the Word of God, is a very powerful, powerful thing. It's life-changing. But most people do not take the time to read it. Most people who don't read it never take the time to memorize it and understand it and learn it and convert it from short-term memory to long-term memory. You know what happens if you don't engage and take what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes and make it serious about your life? It's going to be in your short-term memory. You're going to fight it every 20 seconds to keep it in there. I'm going to go past your 20-minute time frame. You're going to have to really fight hard to get it to stay in there. You're going to walk out of here. You're going to go eat lunch. You're going to do something later today, and then somebody's going to say, what did you talk about in church today? And you're going to go, I, I can't remember. That's what typically happens. Unless we intentionally seek to move things from our short-term memory to our long-term memory. Each week... I've mentioned to you, especially on Wednesday nights, we do Good News Club. It's an elementary age program where we, First Baptist, we go into three elementary schools here in our town. And for that hour, hour and 15 minutes or so, we have Good News Club. And which manned by church members. You're in this room right now. And part of that is we have snacks and we have games and we have songs and we have Bible stories and we have mission stories. But there's this one section, and I know in the Good News Club that I'm a part of every Thursday. It's my job to help the kids memorize a verse. Just memorize a verse. 
and I will say it with a loud voice, and they'll repeat after me, and then we'll whisper it with each other, and then we'll say it in our inside voices. And then all of a sudden, we will shift, and Connie is in my Good News Club with me, and she will come and do song time, and the absolute song during this time is learning the verse with music. And we have motion and all of these things. And we push hard, and we push hard, and then we give these verses to these kids, and we've read it, and studied it, and said it, and said it, and sung it, and sung it, and acted it, and acted it, and then we give them a piece of paper, and we send them home, and we go, next week, when you come back in here, and you say your verse, we're going to give you a prize, typically some type of candy or something like that. And then if you happen to say all the verses through the Good News Club that we give you, there's going to be a bigger prize that we will give them. And we work really, really hard to help them understand and memorize God's Word. And then the next Thursday rolls around, we walk in, and this week, it was a landslide. We had 10 children come back and say their memory verse to us, which was John 3, 16. It's a cool verse. But what we find is that many kids don't memorize. Either the paper never makes it home or they never think of it again or it sits at the bottom of the book bag or mom and dad aren't going to take the time to help them. Grandma, grandpa, not going to take the time to help them. But we spend all this time because we understand that learning the Word of God and placing it down in their hearts is a key to them coming to know Jesus. And I think that you would totally agree and like what we do to be able to help kids know this. And we're not going to stop trying. Every week, we're going to try to help our kids in Good News Club. And every week, we're going to try to help our kids on Wednesday night. And every week, we're going to try to help our kids in Sunday school. But we remain burdened for those kids. And that burden has spread. And this morning, I want to challenge each of us to learn God's Word. Each one of us. You see, if you don't know it, you can't share it. And if you don't share it, they can't know it. And if they don't know it, they can't know him. And so, church, it is vital that you understand Scripture. So I read to you, we stood and read together Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Let me give you a brief summary because that's just but the stepping off point of today. It says, blessed is the man who delights in the law of God. That would be the word of God who meditates on it day and night. You know, when you meditate and think on things day and night, you know what's happening? You are transferring it from short-term memory to long-term memory. You're memorizing it. That's what Scripture says. Meditate on it day and night. Do you know that if you spend time in God's Word day and night, God's Word will start becoming written on your heart? Amen? Wow, you guys aren't liking this, are you? Okay because you're afraid of what's getting ready to happen. I would be. 
He, verse 3 says, the one who delights and memorizes God's word, he will be like a tree planted, deeply rooted, that will be fruitful and prosper. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be prosperous. I want to be fruitful. And God's word tells me that it's God's word that brings that prosperity and that fruitfulness into our lives. These verses also compare the one who delights in God's word with those that do not. I didn't read those, but Scripture teaches that those who do not delight in God's word will be ungodly, sinful, and scornful. That's what it said right up there in verses 1, 2, and 3. So there's a whole bunch of sermons you could take right out of that, but I want to leave that with you. What it tells us is that the way we handle and treat God's word in our lives is directly related to our relationship that we have with God and the life that he is able to have. So let me start with a basic question. How important is God's word to you? I can tell you that it needs to be the foundation of your every day. I can tell you it needs to be the foundation of your marriage. It needs to be the foundation of your family. It needs to be the foundation of your business, of your organization, of your club. So this morning, I want to saturate you with Scripture on how important the Word of God should be to each one of us. And there are a lot. And I know that some of you are note takers, and I love that about you. And I know that many of you take these notes, and then you go home with them. But today, I don't want to wreck your short-term memory. So I have written down every verse that I'm getting ready to share. So if you need to take notes like I do in order to keep your brain engaged, you keep taking notes. But don't fret over what did he say, and I didn't get that one because I'm going to give them all to you as you leave today. Okay? They're all written down. And remember, this encouragement is for everyone. Each of us must cling to the Word of God. Ran into a... uh, pastor today, brought up a great memory in my life. When I was uh, young, 10, 11, 12 years old, I was in something called Bible drills. And uh, I did Bible drills, and uh, I was state winner perfect three years in a row, which meant that I could do some Bible drills. I can't hit the target at a shooting event, but I can do some Bible drills. And in Bible drills, we had to know how to find stuff. We had to know how to memorize stuff. We had to find passages. And at an early age in my life, that allowed me to become pretty okay with getting through God's Word. Now, lots of times when I'm going to use Scripture, I I come to you, and I've got a Post-it note here or there and everything, but I got nothing, okay? I'm going to try to encourage you through example. But you don't have to write these scriptures down because I remember I've got them all for you. But I want to talk about this. So in, and this is where my memory is going to really come into play. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you hear what that scripture just said? That all scripture is given by God, that it is good for us, that it completes us and leads us to be able to do the things that he desires for us to do. Isn't that cool? 
God's Word. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, we find that Jesus is in the temptation. He has been baptized, and he is now being tempted, and my mouth runs quicker than my fingers right this second. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said this, when tempted by Satan, he, that would be Jesus, answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus himself, the Son of God, knew the word of God. And you're going, well, that's not fair. He's God. But Jesus was all man as well and had to learn it. And Jesus used the word of God as his defense when facing temptation. In the Old Testament, you get to the book of Joshua. And remember, you don't have to write these down. I got them all written for you. And they're exactly in this order when you pick up the piece of paper. And I'll tell you how to get that. But in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God is challenging Joshua. And he says this to him when he appoints him as leader of Israel. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Knowing God's Word, putting it in our life, allows us to do the things that God wants us to do. See, I'm going back and forth here, which is really... I'm, I'm going to be state winner perfect here in just a second. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this about God's Word. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God knows exactly how to move and work itself in your life and in your heart. And Scripture says that the Word of God is powerful. Now, I've been watching the clock just a little bit. Are you guys still with me? Are you still with me? Kids, are you still with me? Okay, kids, let us know you're here. Are you still with me? Okay, parents, did you hear your kid up there? I just want you to know that they're being really good, and they're paying attention, and that's on purpose. You know why? Because I'm trying to challenge them about the importance of God's Word, but you know what happens by default? I'm challenging you by the Word of God. Whether you're a parent, grandparent, all these things. Because what you don't want to do is at lunch today, you know, I tell you all the time, go home and tell your kids what you talked about in big church and ask them to tell you what they talked about in children's church. You know, today they're going to go, me too. And I hope that the challenge to learn God's Word becomes a family challenge. Angela and I, we don't have any little kids living at our house, so are we exempt from this? No, we're not. We have a precious 19-year-old granddaughter, 19-month-old granddaughter. <laughs> it's going to come quick enough, right? But 19-month-old granddaughter that already is ready to hold hands and pray before she eats and all these things. Church, it is never too young, and we have a responsibility both personally and to help other people. Now, I found this one in the book of Job, Job chapter 23. This is a fabulous verse. 
Job chapter 23, and we know what all Job was going through, but in verse uh, 12, it says this, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We all know that Job was going through a hard time in life, but he says here, but I stayed faithful to God's word. But did you notice what he said about it? I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He didn't just say, I've given it up so I, and I don't have snacks anymore. No, he said, I have made the word of God as important, if not more important to me, than the very food that keeps me alive. Wow. Job's saying it is vital. Now, when you get to Proverbs, Proverbs has a lot of things to be able to say, and I'm going to show you a couple of them right here. In Proverbs, you know, there are a lot of Psalms. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 21 says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It takes daily activity to keep the Word of God centered on your heart. Give attention to it. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 21 and 22 says this, Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you awake, they will speak with you. You know, there's lots of ways to help us memorize things. The Scripture just taught us right there. He says, Put it in front of you. Help yourself. Do you know that if I want to remember something, we're talking about memory here just a little bit. When I want to remember something, I put it on a post-it note. And when it's important, when it's time is coming up, I put that post-it note in my pocket. And I have my hands in my pocket every now and then, and I pull it out. There it is. There's a verse. Or there's something I need to be reminded to do. Proverbs is saying, put it in front of you. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your rearview mirror over on the side right over here. You know how often you look at that mirror? Put a post-it note up there, and you'll figure out how often you look at that mirror. But put it before you. Bind it to your heart. Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16 says this, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Do you know what God's word just says? That when you take the Word of God and you spend time in it and you bring it to memory and you transfer it from short-term to long-term memory, Jeremiah said, it'll bring you joy. That wherever you are, whatever you're going through, it'll make a difference. It'll bring you joy. Children's Church, can you say joy? joy. All right. Parents of Children's Church, can you say Joy. All right, we're talking to each other here. I like that. Now, Psalm 119, probably one of the greatest chapters in God's Word, talking about God's Word. I've got two or three chapters, I mean, two or three verses that I want to share with you from Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 9, says this, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. You know what that says? You will sin less when you know God's word more. 
Now that's a great thing for a kid to learn, don't you think? And I'm still somebody's kid, and I need to learn that as well. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Not only will it cleanse your way, but it'll keep you from sin. Psalm 119, verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will think. God will be on your mind. He will lead and guide and direct you as you're walking through each day. Psalm 119, verse 16 says, I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your word. Do you know what happens when you take time to memorize God's word, move it from short-term to long-term memory, it gives you all the benefits we've talked about so far and it will help you not forget the word. And then Psalm 119, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word will lead you and guide you where you should go, where you shouldn't go, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Amen? It's a guide. He's, God has given it to us on purpose. I'm almost done with this, okay? So you guys are being really patient with me here. Psalm chapter 40, verse 8 says, I delight to do your will, oh my God, and your law is within my heart. The word of God will be in your heart when you take time to memorize it, and it will help you do the things that God has laid upon your heart. John chapter 14, verse 26, says that the Holy Spirit will teach you how to remember God's word. You're going, Jeff, I'm old. How can I remember? Jeff, I'm young. Jeff, I got a lot in my mind. Jeff, my mind is leaving me. How can I remember God's word? The Holy Spirit of God will enable you when you put your spirit to it, will enable you to memorize and know God's word. And did you remember? Remember when they were told, Jesus told the disciples, when you find yourself in trouble, don't worry about what you'll say. The Holy Spirit of God will tell you what to say in that moment. Well, let me tell you, when you're memorizing God's Word, when you're putting it in your heart, when you're transferring short-term to long-term memory, you're giving the Holy Spirit a whole lot of stuff to be able to bring back up in your memory in the time when you need it. Isaiah 55, 11. This is a good one. They're all good ones. But 55, 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return, return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Do you know that God's word has an intentional purpose? Every word God has given has an intentional purpose. And when he puts it in our heart, short-term into long-term, it becomes part of our life. It drives us through. It will be used by God out of our lives, and it will have a purpose with somebody else. It will not return void. Three more. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, says this, Hear, O Israel, 
the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. You know, I couldn't... I lost count. I was walking around my house trying to figure out how many things do I have, Joyce Woodard, that you've made that have Scripture on them that are sitting around my house. It's everywhere. You wipe your feet. It says we serve the Lord. You walk in and you see this sign. You see this sign. Listen, God's Word and Joanna Gaines can make a good couple together. You can put God's Word all over your house. But Moses was teaching Israel when before the word was really formed, he said, it's important enough that you need to say it, learn it, walk it, do it, hang it here, put it here, hang it there. We were in Israel. We saw people who do not yet believe that Jesus has come, but they're walking around taking this Shema, which is what Deuteronomy chapter 6 is, and they have these frontlets, they have these little boxes with Scripture on them that are hanging on their head. People who do not yet know the true Messiah are still walking through valuing the Word. And yet we, who know the Messiah, sometimes undervalue the Word just a little bit. And one final one, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Do you know that when you take the time to learn God's word, teach God's word, memorize God's word, keep God's word before you all the time, that scripture right there says that it will benefit others, that it can't help but come out of you Now, church, that's just a taste of what God's Word says the value of God's Word is. So I think we need to raise the importance of God's Word in the Rasnick household and in your household. I think we need to raise the importance of God's Word in First Baptist Church. Ask you a couple of questions. Do you spend time daily in God's Word? Statistically speaking, you would be the greatest amount of people who would, but even in the church, statistically speaking, honestly speaking, the church does not excel at spending time daily in God's Word. Over the last seven days, how have you done? You don't have to answer me. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. Do you allow God's Word? We don't need that page anymore anyway. Do we allow God's Word, do you allow God's Word to be the authority in your life? Do you allow this Word to tell you what you will do, what you can't do, what you should do? That's what He gave it to us for, to be that authority. Do you seek to actively memorize verses in God's Word? I mentioned Wednesday night that this morning 
I was going to give everybody an opportunity, and now you're going, oh, I think I know what that opportunity is getting ready to be. You've got your bulletin. Hold your bulletin up. All right. Now, some of you haven't torn your thing off, fellas. Here's your reminder. Tear that thing off and sign up for the men's stuff. But, see, when you hold that up. But on your bulletin right here, I want you to turn it over on the back. Below the notes, you'll see a verse. Scripture of the week. Everybody see that? You got any bulletins in Children's Church up there? We got some. Okay. Scripture of the week. Church, here's what I'm going to encourage us to do. Beginning this week. Every week in this bulletin, there will be a scripture of the week. I want to encourage you, memorize this verse this week. Now, if you want to memorize one a day, go for it. But I want you to memorize this verse this week. Mom and dad, you need to memorize it because your kids, they're going to want to. Kids, you need to memorize it because mom and dad's going to be checking up on you. Grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever's in here, husbands and wives, even with no kids around, God's Word is clear. God's Word is valuable. And I want to encourage you, and each week, you have my commitment that there will be a Scripture here. Now, if I need to, I will buy extra candy, and when you step up before me next Sunday, and you quote your verse, I'll give you a piece of candy. I say that part in fun, but it sounds like that some of you guys are going to come check me up on that, so I will be buying some candy this afternoon, okay? Whatever it takes to learn God's Word. I'd like for each person, each parent, each child, each grandparent, each student, each married person, each single person, each male, each female, each person who's young or old, make your commitment to begin to memorize this verse this week. And then next week, there'll be a new verse. And then the week after that, there'll be a new verse. And if you grab a hold of this, all those promises that God said would come true, when the Word of God saturates your heart, you're going to begin to see life change simply because of memorizing God's Word. As a church, if we as a church as individuals, as families, commit to raising the importance of God's Word in our lives, Scripture teaches that we will see God do great things. I want to see God do great things. If you do this, Scripture teaches that it will change your life, change your heart, change your actions, change your choices, change your marriage, change your family, change your kids, change your grandchildren. And that will change your workplace, your school, and your extended family. And that will change this church, and a changed church will change this community. Amen? That's the promises of God right here. I'll be doing this every week. I'm going to have my scripture memorized. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. But I'm asking you to make this commitment, not to me. You don't owe me memorizing scripture. I want to ask you to make this commitment as a way of honoring and glorifying and being obedient toward the Word of God. You see, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17, we read that God has promised that His Word would equip you for every good work. Now, this morning, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. One is, when you leave, take your bulletin. 
I don't know how you're going to learn this verse if you don't take it with you. Take your bulletin with you. Second thing, when you walk out today, you guys know where the Welcome Center is. If you're online with us or on the phone, reach out to the office tomorrow. We will find a way to get this to you. But as you leave by the Welcome Center, left side behind the side of the Welcome Center, there are those plastic bins. There's the yellow sheets where you can give us updated contact information. There's the middle section where there are prayer lists left from this last Wednesday. And on the bottom section, there's a hundred of these. Now, if you don't get one, I'll personally make you a copy using mine. But there's a hundred of these. And on this side of it is every verse I've shared with you this morning with a key word or two that tells you the value that that scripture will bring. On this side is the verse of the week with some tips on how to learn and memorize scripture. And then we've even gotten a little scripture memory from Miss Missy's Corner on how to help your child memorize scripture. Church, we have a decision to make. How important are we going to make God's word? So I encourage you, take your bulletin and take one of these out of the Welcome Center. One per family should be enough, but if you need two, you take it. If you don't get one, you see me, and I'll make extra copies, and I'll have them to you in a moment. But please, take this seriously. There's so much that God wants to do. And he said, if you'll just learn my word, spend time in my word, value my word, I'll do things that you can't think or imagine. I want to see God do things that we can't think or imagine. Amen.